Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the Earth Decor podcast. Today, with all my verbal glitches and glory, we are we are with uh, Reed, um, the lifeguard, the uh, master educator, and the good reader. Um, welcome. Hello. How's it going? This is your second time on the show, by the way. So. This is my second time on the show. That's me, the master wordsman. Uh, yeah, back on for another time. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so I, I like to start with uh, some pretty lowball questions. Uh, not this is a straight out interview, um, but right now we're currently in my my as you say gamer den. <laughs> gamer den itself. Um, so using your most like eloquently English teacher language, how would you describe this den? And and like don't you won't insult me. However you do it. Um. Well, it's very, it's like organized in like a chaotic way. Like everything has its place, but it's also like. You can tell that some stuff was like, oh, I'll put this here. And then it probably hasn't moved for months, if not years. Well, literally two years. <laughs> um, but it's also, like, cozy. Like, I find that, like, people's, like, like man caves, but in, like, the more general sense of everyone, has always has, like, a very cozy feeling. Like, I could nap here. I could spend a significant amount of time here. It's, like just the right amount of dim lighting where uh, you definitely couldn't read a book down here. <laughs> you could watch yeah. a movie and play a video game down here. Um, but it is in fact a gamer den. Um, could yeah. take a woman down here or maybe yeah. you could take the right woman down here. Uh, yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta be really careful with that. Uh, in, in high school, I was always like a little, uh, <laughs> a little oh, wary gosh. about that. Like I, I'd never think about it until it was like the day. I was like, oh, I have a girl coming over. It's like, oh, geez. At least at that point, amiibos weren't a thing. <laughs> now, uh, now there's amiibos all over the place. Darth Vader. Um, Joker's front and center, as he should be. Yeah, which is my, my newest amiibo um, from Aaron. Um, and then I have my knight's helmet, I guess. That's, that's pretty lit. That's always legendary. Whenever, yeah. whenever the knight gets good, that always gets brought out on someone's head. Yeah. And and to be fair, someone does not get it on their head. Um, for for context, I have a like legitimate knight's helmet. It probably weighs like ten pounds. It has like a chainmail thing that goes on your neck. Um, if if you've seen it, you know, you know, I guess. And that you when that comes out, you know the knight's good or about to get good. Yeah, or or someone's about to fall asleep on the couch <laughs> uh, and get a rude awakening, which is also my my case. But no, uh, thank thanks for being on the show. Mm -hmm. So um. Um, oh, and also cats may join us every once in a while for this episode, um, just because I didn't want to close the door or they might get scratchy. Um, so if you see us say, say hey, Luke or R2, that's because they're here. Or if you hear meow. It was just um, me. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, great set I have. Um, so obviously, summer is wrapping up. Uh, we're going back to school. And uh, are you excited? Uh, yeah, the summer is always a bittersweet time for me because um, I really enjoy my job for the summer. I've had the job uh, as a lifeguard and now manager at the water park in our town. I guess I yeah. won't dox myself too much um, for as long as I've known Corey, at least. Um, yeah. This is my 10th summer there. So at this point, it's like a it's like a second home. Um, so leaving there is always a little bittersweet because... Just make such good memories there every summer and get to hang out with all the all the young folks and the people that 
are still my age and just everyone I've made yeah, friends with. The, the lifers, as, as you are now. The lifer. I am the lifer. I've been the oldest guy there for um, probably like two or three or maybe even four years now. Um, um, and I live with my parents during the summer, so it's always um, a, sad to say goodbye to them because I've lived with them for a few yeah. months, but exciting to live back on my own. Um, so the summer is always the end of the summer is always like a strange time for me because I'm like excited but sad but like happy that I had a good summer but sad that it's over and I got to go back to how things were. Um, so I always feel like a mix of emotions around this time, but it always gets to be exciting as the time passes. I've started packing for moving back to the other city I live in. Um, and that always kind of gets me riled up and ready yeah. for what's coming. Cause it starts to feel more real instead of just getting into like, my own head and all that yeah, stuff, you know, that it might happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I have two, I guess, quick questions to ask uh, based on what you said. So uh, first of all, what, what do you think is the biggest difference between like, being a uh, lifeguard and being a lifeguard manager like how is that transition um so being a, a lifeguard like you're obviously on the deck more you're guarding you're rotating um you do a lot more cleaning as a lifeguard because at our facility um the lifeguards are also the cleaning staff like they clean up the messes and tables and um change the toilet paper that needs changing or whatever um whereas in a manager uh, managers also double as the cashiers at the front. So okay. I do a lot of handling of money and cash outs. Um, and because I've worked there for so long, I get to do a lot of like administrative stuff too, like scheduling. And okay. um, I'm really big into like outreach and PR. Um, oh yeah. I know from Facebook. Sun, as, as Corey knows, there's a lot of in one week of the summer in particular, um, National Drowning Prevention Week. That's my week of the summer. I run all kinds of games and activities and events. And um, this year I got interviewed by the local news and the radio and two newspapers in the oh, city. Um, so that's always one of my big things. Um, managers also do a lot of like pool maintenance. Okay. Like we're all trained as janitors too. So we're yeah. doing pool chemicals and fixing pipes and this and that. So there's definitely more, uh, I would say, like more higher level responsibility as a manager, but obviously lifeguards are still responsible for people's lives yeah. and um, managing is a lot of like supporting your lifeguards, like making sure they're all good on the pool deck. And if they need to go home early, you're sending them home early or yeah. um, it's just like that next step to like you're like a leader in the at the it pool setting definitely. yeah which i really like yeah I, i'm always disappointed whenever i walk by the water park i'm like literally like scoping through like why aren't all these people just read <laughs> <laughs> you sent me that picture that one time that i screenshot yeah. it i showed my parents and we all just killed ourselves <laughs> laughing at that yeah it was really funny that's the thing if, if every lifeguard was just a clone of you i'd, I'd feel so much safer <laughs> in the pool yeah um and then i guess my second question is so when when you go from like living with your parents to like the the bachelor life what's the, what's the biggest change um the biggest like positive change is just being on my own schedule again like yeah eating when i want um my parents and i are big into like like watching tv together nightly okay. 
anything from like like America's Got Talent is on right now, so that's like a traditional, or even just like whatever's on TV. That's like a nightly thing, and I love it. But there are some nights where I'm like, I really just want to sit in my room and play video games yeah. or whatever, just have some alone time. So it's it's just nice to have my own schedule again and my own yeah get back into my own flow of how i do things like i like to eat a little later than them like yeah my parents are like five to five thirty eaters and i'm like a six thirty seven supper eater yeah. um but i guess a negative change is i'm back to living like by myself and i like i'm an only child and i guess an introvert so i i like being alone but sometimes it's nice to have i can go bug my parents whenever i want or whatever or like, do do you find like uh, if you're with your parents, they'll like pull you out of that invert introverted state, or like make sure you don't get too. Oh yeah, like I, that's probably part of what the nightly TV watching is, or like even like let's go for a walk, or we'll go yeah. hit golf balls in the backyard, and um, so there's I guess there's positives and negatives to it all, but um, yeah, those are would be a couple of the big changes, yeah. That uh, not going from like parents cooking to like beans on toast. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. My parents are both good cooks and they like to cook. Um, um, but I've started to inherit like some of their strategies and I say like Corey and I always text each yeah, other yeah, about yeah. our cooking, cooking and stuff. So yeah. I I like cooking. I find it very like cooking is very like grounding to me. Like yeah. it's like an hour, hour and a half of the day where I just like put on some music or a podcast and make myself some food and it's like this is just like me time and just like yeah vibe out and then everything like tastes better when you make it yeah and it's just like satisfying to like go from like a pile of spinach and veggies and wheat for me and stuff and then suddenly it's like a nice meal and I, i just find that like very like it's like centering like if i'm having a shitty day or a crappy day sorry um it just like everything's better now yeah, I, I, I cook something. Like, um, I, I think a lot of people see cooking as a chore, but like, it can't be so such a like self care thing. Yeah. Like, um, especially especially if you're like, well, it it can be the same if you're like cooking some like comfort food, but like, preparing yourself like a healthy meal is very much like, oh, I'm putting this own time into like treating myself valuably. Yeah. Or treating myself like I love myself. So that's part of why I like. Like, I like grocery shopping. Like, I find yeah. it fun. Like, I always have my list of what I need. But I always am like, ooh, like, let's try cooking with this. Yeah. I'll make a meal out of this. And, ooh, this, this is a new spice I've never tried. Let's throw that in there. Um, so that's all just part of that, like, food process. I like eating food. And I like just, like, food as, like, a, just like a thing. Like, yeah. in all the senses. I think it's just a good... I just like food, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and don't worry if if a question is overstated, it's welcome. Feel free to uh, just like I'm done. <laughs> oh no, but yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna never release this album. <laughs> <laughs> Donda. I'm gonna move into a stadium. Donda be like, <laughs> yeah, I pre I pre-ordered that album. Did you really? Yeah. On spot on on iTunes. Uh, iTunes yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't know just... when it's gonna come out. Maybe never. <laughs> Probably never. That's uh that's the only reason I need to keep like iTunes on this computer. <laughs> to support Kanye. <laughs> it's literally like just to get this album. Mm-hmm. Um whatever whenever it releases. Um so I guess uh back back onto actual meaningful content. <laughs> um you're doing something really important in the in the fall. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about that? Yeah, so um I'm in my 
well, I'm, t I'm in my eighth year of university now, entering it, um, and I'm technically a fourth year ed student now, which means it's time to do my internship, or as they want us to call it now, our extended practicums, but everyone still calls it internship yeah. because that's that's what it is. What it's always been called. Um, so that starts in what's today Wednesday. Starts a week today, which is exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. Yeah. It's going to be a totally new world. Um, uh, my school is really good. My partner teacher, I met him. Uh, like we got our assignments, and then like literally that day, he emailed me and he was like, "I want to meet you oh, before sweet. school's over." Yeah. So I went there on the last day of school when there was when it was like clean up with yeah. no kids, and we just like. Uh, he gave me a quick tour and shook his hand and we met each other and he's a cool, um, nice young guy. Seems like we'll get along well. Um, without giving too much away, I'm teaching grade eight, which is an interesting year. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's going to be a straight grade eight class, like not a split. Okay, that's which will be for the better yeah, being your first year teaching. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm like English focused, like I... I already have a couple degrees in English, my bachelor's and my master's. So it'll be interesting in a lot of ways to have to teach, I guess they call it like general ed, like yeah. the sciences and the health and uh, whatever else this school has. I haven't had the chance to look into it too much, but um, I think it'll be a unique challenge to do it all. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, I, I think you'll you'll find really quickly that anything kids are doing they're interpreting a text and yeah. then making some decision based on that text yeah so, i don't think it'll be hard to tie it back into like my own educational yeah. background um even if it's just like how i go about planning lessons and units and daily stuff um using that ubd yeah oh my, they what does that stand for again i just know ubd but i forget exactly under understanding by design oh yeah because they want you to start with the product and yeah, work backwards, work backwards. Or, or start yeah, start with like what are the kids getting out of this outcomes and, and all that, which yeah. is useful in its own way. Um, I think most of us don't actually start that way. We like have a separate document and yeah. retrofit it, which but... if it works, it works. I always just treated those lesson plan documents as like the this is my English talking as like an essay. Like here's what I'm proving. Oh, yeah. Here's all the different ways I'm proving it. Here's my plan. Here's my reflection. Blah blah blah. Um, which has gotten me this far. So actually, I never thought about that. So may maybe if I get a time machine and I can go talk to <laughs> go, back. go talk to Corey during that time, we'll be like, these are just English essays. It's true. And he'll be like, why do you have such a long beard? <laughs> <laughs> why do you look like that now? Why yeah. are you Why are you calling it the cinema now? Why 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 are you? Oh yeah, yeah. I I said that earlier. <laughs> you did. Um, I didn't call you out for it, but yeah. I did notice it. Oh gosh, I, I've become I've become British. <laughs> I'd be like, hello, Corey. I've become the colonizer. <laughs> yeah. Think of think of these as essays. Um, I've I've actually lost the ability to do a British accent. Oh really? Yeah. Like I feel like I used to be able to do a decent one, and now like I don't even hear the British accent really. Yeah. I can sort of hear it now. Um, well, I can hear the difference. So like, I I don't pay for Spotify, so like the Spotify ads were all in British. Oh yeah, because um, they're yeah. like region specific. Yeah, now now they're it's all like oh that's a very like continental accent, or like a Western accent. Cockney. Yeah, they the apples and pears. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, 
Still Cockney rhyming slang. What is that? Uh oh yeah, so so Cockney, um like they, they have the Cockney accent. Yeah. But they, they also have like rhyming slang. So like um I forget what apples and pears is. I think it has to do with like going upstairs or something or taking the stairs. Oh. But uh just things that like sort of tangentially rhyme and, and there's a lot of them. I, I wish I had more off the top of my head now that we're like recording a podcast. Um, but they just like say these things that mean different things and, and it's just based on the rhyme. Wow. Did you find there was many like like almost every everyone had an accent? Like did you meet many people who were like non British where you were? Um you could tell. Like pretty like uh one of the guys uh on my team, he was British but he lived in America for quite a while. Oh. Um and like you could tell talking to him, like, okay, the accent's a little less. Um like regionally it's it's a big difference as well. So oh, like really? um Erin has very much I, I always say she has a very like posh accent, um, because she spent some time in Bath, like in university. But I went down and like met her parents, and I literally could not understand her parents. I remember, you, I remember you telling me that actually, because uh, their accent uh, was more, I guess, like Cornish or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I just like, even even just people there, I had to be like, okay, slow down, or like smile and nod. Um, so yeah, the the like, it's really weird. You can drive for like an hour or so in the UK and have a completely different accent. Wild. It's not like that here, really. No, like we have. Um, apparently my Western accent really comes out at like certain times. Really? Um, like my, my, I guess my prairie accent. Um, did you get many people there who were like, Oh my God, your Canadian accent. Yeah. Like people definitely notice it. Um, uh, and, and like, I would not necessarily like downplay it, but I, I wouldn't say like a boot, you know? Yeah. Like, All the classic I, ones. Yeah. Um, probably the amount of A's I said, well, I don't usually use that too much. Um, unless I edit it out every time I do, uh, listeners, but no, like, uh, I, I think kids would know, um, like o- only when I was either like really, really happy or like actually genuinely, genuinely annoyed. I feel like my Canadian accent came out. Yeah. Um, otherwise I, I felt I was like very, maybe normal, like maybe like TV, uh, accent. If that makes oh, sense. Like, yeah. Just like a classic Canadian accent. Yeah. I'm not quite the cast of Leonard Kenny here. <laughs> or the Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. I, I showed some of my British friends that. Really? Um, Did they like it? That There's no context to it. So <laughs> You're it's like, just like dying laughing. Yeah. And like, oh, so what? it's like, why are they hockey playing Stormtroopers? <laughs> why are they drinking so much beer? Um, what's a two for? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and even like they're they're on the in, in, uh, Strange Brew. They're on the, like the piano or the uh, or organ. Playing like the the different hockey songs, like mm-hmm. and then making them do other things. They're like, we don't get it. <laughs> well, um, I remember Cornergast showing Aaron Cornergast, and like some of the episodes, I'd just be dying laughing. And she'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> that show was like so specific to like us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny story. So I was in Greece. Yeah, and uh, we were just hanging out um, in like the the hostel hotel kind of lobby. Because they, they had decent Wi-Fi there or something, whatever. Um, and the the guy at the desk, he was like, "Hey, have you guys ever heard of a show called Corner Gas?" And we we're like, "Excuse me, <laughs> sort of, ever. sort sort of like, well, how do you know what Corner Gas is?" Like, yeah, I just randomly found it on Amazon, like watched it all, whatever, because it's on Amazon Prime in the UK. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, 
and you guys just sound like that. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's because we are. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, that show is incredibly close to home. It is the Saskatchewan treasure. Yeah. Probably. At least the Saskatchewan uh, like, media treasure. Also, if you're in Canada, you can watch it free for, on CTV. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's, that's how I showed it to Aaron, because I just mm. VPN myself into a... Speaking Spoke. of which... NordVPN. <laughs> no, um... Actually, I had this one class that was, uh, they were my, like, triple science, so very, like, high science uh, year nines, and they're all a bunch of, like, memers. So I started, uh, every once in a while, doing, like, just joking or leading myself into, like, a YouTube sponsorship. Oh, <laughs> really? And, and the kids would, like, die laughing every time I did it. You so, said Lisa Mattress. <laughs> Squarespace. Yeah. And, like, oh, this is a skill you might need. <laughs> you want other skills? Try Skillshare. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, do it every, like, two weeks or so, so it doesn't get old and you're not wasting a ton of lesson time, but, I don't know, it makes the kids happy. So. They, they vibed with it. Yeah. Wow. That's that's the thing you'll you'll find, like, um, if you're teaching mostly, like, your grade 8 class, you'll, you'll like, like, first of all, always come in stricter than you need to be. Yeah, I remember. And, that's what I've heard. And uh, don't make that mistake. I'm sure you will, and that's fine. Um, I definitely did. But, like, it's easier to be strict. And like the kids know your boundaries, and, and then, then dial it back, and then loosen up. Then uh, have to set boundaries when you haven't before, right? Because then it's kind of like, well, you didn't do that before. Why now? Um, but also, you'll find with like different groups of kids, you might uh, you'll have a different relationship with them. The boundaries shift between. Yeah. So so what some kids might get away with, maybe it's like walking around the classroom, like in the UK, you don't necessarily let kids just like get up and go grab a tissue unless they ask um but like some classes that might just be okay some classes definitely like you know what no you getting up and getting a tissue just means you're gonna run around yeah. so like it's not happening like ask or whatever and, and that's just a weird example from the top of my head but like depending on your group and, and even how much of your own self you'll share with them so like groups that i get along with really well um know a lot more about me and and not that much more or like not really that much about me, but like they'll know more about me than groups that I just don't get on with as much. Right. So I, I don't bring in as many personal stories. Right. So. No, I'm like I'm looking forward to it just to like, cause I I know like I know how it'll go based on like your experience, but I like yeah. don't know how it's gonna go. Um, that's like there's something exciting about that, like just like yeah, getting to live in it. You're probably going to be really stressed and you're probably going to feel like, oh gosh, how does anyone actually do this for a living? Yeah. But it gets easier. Um, so I've heard. Yeah. When, once you've taught everything once, it, uh, or, okay. or you just like no longer realize like everything needs to be maybe perfect. Um, but I guess like during internship, depending on what your, uh, or extended practicum, um, depending on what your facilitator wants, like you have to do more or less work. So, right. What would you, how would you describe your internship? How was it? Uh, it was overall great. I showed up happy every day. Like I was working 12 hour days, probably minimum. Um, and I was like insanely stressed all the time, um, especially for that first little bit. Uh, but like, I look back at it really fondly. Um, I'm still really tight with my like mentor teacher. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, like I always, I always joke that she's my work mom. <laughs> um, yeah, so like she she was great. Um, I genuinely miss the students, and and I I wish uh, I would have been like there to sort of see some of them through graduation, or like 
keep that and be able to know what they're doing now because I thought they were all like great. Um, and like, I, I think you can have the most authentic teaching experiences if you have a group that allows you to be learning at the same time, if that makes sense. So like um, one, one of my groups, the, the group that I, so um, I taught, well, five classes for some of it, um, but I mostly just taught four classes. I started with one, they were my group from day one. Um, and then I just added classes and dropped them as you sort of like peak and go down. Um, and I, I kept them till the very end. Okay, yeah, so like they, they were mine from the very end. And like those kids, they, they're is just a really good group. Uh, they were like bio 20, but or health side 20, but they're a lot like a younger group. Um, so they're all like very excited to learn. And, and I just sort of like, I came in very, very strict. And then after a while, like when they're just kind of like, Oh, this is what Mr. Dick expects. I was eventually like, you, you guys know, like I'm also learning too, and they they were just like mature enough in that way to be like, oh, that's cool. So I'd be like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and like, and, and you have to almost make it clear, like any mistake I make isn't gonna hurt you, um, like students, like it's not gonna hurt you marks wise if they care about that, um. But no, if if they will let you learn and you know you're learning while you're also teaching, I think it's just very like powerful. Yeah. And I think the kids get a lot out of that too, because they'll almost pick up what you're learning as well. Yeah, and I think students in general seem to like latch on to that like they like like they like like vulnerability. Yeah. Like not to like take advantage of you, but I think it like builds that authenticity and it makes you seem more genuine. And they, they also like a fresh face. Yeah. Like um just by being like I, I don't know how old your like mentor teacher is or anything, but just being a new face in the school, like sure maybe they expected uh, Mr. So and So for the past like five years of their elementary school, and then it's like oh now we have this cool like younger guy, <laughs> young guy, long hair, um yeah who who's like different than what we expect, and like teachers build up um like they become a self fulfilling prophecy, so like they they build up their their rep in the school. So like you go in the school, maybe you uh what whatever you do in that sort of like first couple of years or what the students are gonna say about you, um going forward. Right. So like, when if you've been at school a long time, if if students know your uh like boundaries and stuff, like the the next class will essentially come in knowing them already. Right. Just from stories, they'll be like word of mouth and stuff. Yeah. So it's like oh uh. Mr. in my case, like, oh, Mr. Dick just, like, absolutely tore a kid, strip off a kid, because they did X, and, like, the whole class was just, like, terrified. Like, that story will get passed on, and then kids will generally not do X. Because they know they'll get a strip torn off them. Yeah, yeah. And, and at that point, it's like, oh, sweet. Now, like, this it's just built into, I guess, my sort of classroom, like, um, character, or, or like, the, the classroom narrative that, like, if student does X, Y happens, and like it just gets passed on, right? Yeah, because students are they're like smart in that way. They know. Yeah, they know. Yeah, they 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 pass on that information. Um, sometimes willingly, or sometimes consciously, sometimes like subconsciously. Yeah. And and I think um, there's a lot of that, just like especially subconscious, like like uh, and, and you'd know from like high school or whatever or even like in university like oh that prof's like very very strict even if you haven't had their class just yeah. like 
maybe you not had them maybe you just like walked by and heard them yelling or maybe just like their demeanor in the hallway or maybe just from what your friends say um and then you might actually end up in the class and like oh they're they're actually a huge softie but um some stories get around sometimes yeah. they're accurate sometimes they're yeah not and uh what what you almost have a hand in that right like we're, we're obviously adults in, in a school full of children we can kind of play the narrative to our own uh own game yeah and sometimes you have to lots probably lots of times you have to yeah and, and it just like helps set up your i guess classroom narrative or, or what you want your room to be right so i don't know i i feel like um my, my kids would always be like you're so nice and i'd be like yeah it's because i don't really care <laughs> and they'd be like oh so-and-so just screams at us all the time i'm like that's because so-and-so goes home and is like if these kids aren't absolutely excellent it hurts my own ego and i'm like yeah wow yeah <laughs> i go home and be like well they didn't do the work because that's uh it's very much um progression in uk as a teacher is like almost tied to your student uh progression mm-hmm. so your job progression um it's like people take it really seriously but in canada it's like or at least i found it's like oh if the student's not doing the work like that's on them yeah there's a lot more like onus on the student to yeah take charge of their own learning and, and that that was very much me in the uk I, and my kids would be like well you're not going to get a raise and i'm like i don't care and, and it's like sorry like if if the uh, the head tells me I'm not gonna get a raise because you decided not to do your work. When he says that, I'm gonna say, so and so made the active decision not to do the work. So, it's like, not, what, it's not all on me. What am I supposed to do? Chain into the desk? Like, exactly. Um, yeah, you just gotta set up like who you're gonna be. Like, um, you did a lot of drama, so like you, you almost just become a character, yeah. and, and you would find know. you find your persona. Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't like uh, an evoker to your yeah name. not not the persona three method but uh, at least not in front of the kids. <laughs> no, do that one in the bathroom. Or something. Yeah, yeah, and and but that's another guess. Uh, I guess tip the site team, the like janitor staff. That's got to be your number one like best friends. That's what my auntie is a teacher, and she said whenever I'm transferred to a new school, the first thing I do is make friends with the maintenance staff. Yeah. Like if if you need want or anything, and they'll know all the gossip, um, because like people are really bad at uh, not noticing when like maintenance staff are in the room, so they they're kind of ears everywhere. <laughs> Flies on the wall and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely, yeah, make friends with the maintenance staff. They can just like get you what you need. Yeah, they'll hook you up. Like you need in the school late or on a weekend or something, and you might not have your own keys. Maintenance staff around? Oh yeah, that's just like so and so. We're tight, so sweet. Yeah, that's good advice. That's the advice that's like come from multiple people. So I'm like, I got extra, got to do that. <laughs> yeah, good. This is just becoming like a, a teacher advice uh, podcast. <laughs> I guess. Bad way to be. No, um, gosh, how many episodes in a row have I not talked about running? <laughs> No, that's all right. Um, swimming. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're you're quite the swimmer. Are you? Do you think you're gonna have time to go back to that? Or? I would like to. The biggest problem, um, I stopped swimming during COVID, uh, mostly because the university pool shut down yeah. and I could swim there for free, and the like public pools in the city, 
I would have swam at, but um, they did like online pre-registering as yeah, everything did. Annoying. But yeah, um, but they would fill up like instantly. Yeah. yeah. Like I would like say they opened at nine thirty in the morning. I would be there at like nine thirty one, and everything would be full for the week instantly. Yeah. So I never once have gotten into a swim um, at those public pools. So I'm like really hoping the university pool opens back up like ASAP. Which um, you'll actually have to buy a membership there. Because, uh, yeah, I if I had to buy a gym membership for the university gym. For yeah. a major they gym. don't give you that when you're an intern, huh? Yeah, and you're also not on the student health plan if you use that. Oh, I no, I don't use that, but yeah. that's that's a bummer. Yeah, so uh it must it must be because we're like out of school then, hey? Yeah, something I, like that. I think you're entitled to the bus pass maybe. Um I I, I don't think I ever used it while I was an intern the bus cuz I just drove to school. Yeah, I think that's what I'll be doing too. Yeah. Anyways, hate to burst that bubble. But yeah, the the university pulls you no favors. Nope. And still charging us more tuition than last year. <laughs> of course. For less money. I remember when I was... For less resources. When I was being the president... When I was the president of the student study, I went to... Because they, they host, like, um, things where they, they talk to you about, like, hey, this is what we expect uh, tuition to be next year. Uh, tuition consultations. So, like, uh, at least in education, like, all the dean, the vice deans were there, the assistant deans, and some of the higher profs. And there's, like, two students there. And, like, I just remember shouting about how bad the U of S education program was. And, like, they they had to know. Like, I liked the U of S education program. I was a big, like, fan of it and everything. But I kept on saying, like, you, you're up. You're up um, you're up, why? Like, I kept on all, almost, like, terror kicking, being like, that yeah, could be, like, less. Like, why, why does it have to be this much? Like, come on. Like, what, one of my classes is about gardening this year. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to charge me this? Like, Only a bone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just trying to undersell it. Um, but yeah, maybe more if more students did that. Um, instead of, I feel like they kind of knew I was taking the piss a little bit. But Yeah, most students just bend over and take it. Yeah. Um, spe- speaking of, like, student unions, though, and, and maybe uh, potentially, potentially doing that, like, obviously, the university has said all staff students faculty need to be vaccinated like i know some unions um like working unions seem to be against that what do you think about the student union what do you think they're going to do i don't have a thumb on the pulse anymore so um a finger on the pulse. i mean i would like if everyone who came to the school was vaccinated yeah i feel like that would make things just smoother and safer um it would eliminate the need for like such like messy when to wear a mask, when not to wear a yeah. mask. Today you have to get a COVID test. Today you gotta submit yeah. your like I'm clean from COVID form. I think if it was just a blanket, like if you're yeah. on the university campus as a registered student, get the vaccine. Like I don't know, unless you have this health concern yeah, or whatever. And, and obviously they'd have some like exceptions. exceptions for people who just can't do the health reasons. Yeah, but if you're just not because you don't want it. Like, I know there's, like, like it's hard to force that because yeah, your rights or whatever, but I sometimes I'm just, like, just get yeah. the freaking, get the poke. Get, get the jab, yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering, because, like, I know some of, the, like, the worker unions are being very much, like, no, um, we don't want to be mandated. 
uh, to have a vaccine in our profession. But I was, I was kind of wondering if the student union was either going to be the same or like the opposite, like being pro-vaccination. Like I know a few of the people on the Ed Student Union and just like based on them and like who they are and who like the union is, I would see them leaning more towards the like get everyone vaccinated yeah. way, which I'm sure you even from a few years ago, could attest to as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, just, that's probably what they would have said. It's just a little more of, like, to put it in a political sense, it's a more of a left-leaning union. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'd imagine, but I don't know how far they'll go, because they're not... Sometimes they do a lot, sometimes they don't do a lot. Yeah, like, the, the USSU um, both has a lot of power, then it, like, has no power yeah, at the same it, time. It has as much power as the university itself lets them have. Yeah, and, and I guess it really depends on, like, the issue. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that one play out. Um, yeah, because I, I, I have internship, I don't have any classes on campus this semester, but I have to go there for, like, internship orientation, which will be the first time I've stepped on campus since um, – february or march of 2020 <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be strange yeah one um, of these uh times when i'm in saskatoon i might have to take a walk on campus just to like relive old times i heard during like peak covid like may 2020 even like the groundskeepers like let the university go so it like looked a little bit like a post-apocalyptic oh that'd be kind of sick I had a friend who took a walk there, and she was like, it was like I was in a zombie movie. It was like it was yeah. The Last of Us or something. Yeah, Fallout. Yeah. Fallout U of S. Literally. Um, so I'm interested to see how it looks, because I imagine it'll be pretty groomed and stuff if they're yeah. expecting to have in-person like, classes. Back to normal. Um, um, I, I just feel bad for like all of you all last year, because I, I personally have never found online classes as rewarding as in-person classes. No, they're, they're definitely reached a point where it was just like doing the work to do the work yeah. and not really putting much thought or like heart into it anymore. Um, especially because every class lived and died by the discussion boards. Yeah. Which are like, I actually don't mind discussion boards, but when you have to do them for five classes and all five of those classes are like, make your first post by Monday, respond to two more by Friday. You have to check it every day. Yeah. This and that, and this and that. Nice. It just gets to be a bit much, and you can tell people are just like... Doing the bare minimum. Great post, Corey. Here's yeah. what I think. Thanks. Yeah, you can which, tell, which is what I did whenever I had it. You can tell the people who had their formula, and yeah. everyone had a formula. You could just tell. Like, even... Like, I had one. It was like, okay, I'll respond on this day with this many words, and yeah. I'll call that good. And, like, you, you probably copy and paste most of it. You add in, like, the new thing there. Yeah. Um, I have have a friend who is doing a master's or maybe a PhD in like art history or something, and they just decided to drop it because like they're in the UK and they're like, what's the point? Like they're retired and they're like, I'm I'm just doing this for the social aspect. Like a, I love art, but I also love being able to talk to people about art, and it's just not the same because we're not in person. So he's like, well, I'll just pick it up in a couple of years or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, the worst part were the. Uh, group projects that had to be done online oh my gosh especially like partner group projects were fine but most of mine were three or four people group projects because and trying to organize a zoom meeting yeah and get everyone together 
It was just and like a lot. It's easier to get people all together if you're like all in class and you can be like, okay, what time works for you? Like it's gonna be hard to find a time, but you can even be like, why don't we just have lunch together or something? Like that's so much easier. But as soon as it's a Zoom, like and you don't see people's faces, it's like uh never like yeah and there's always because we'd always have group chats and some someone's tone would get misinterpreted and then a disagreement would break out or this or that and i'll email the prof yeah um it just got to be a lot i don't usually get school burnout because i love university but this year was definitely the first year where i was like i'm ready to be done for a few months yeah yeah and living alone didn't make it much better because you've been in my apartment. My desk is in my living room. So I'd like finish schoolwork and I'd be like, okay, time to go home. Walk two steps to the couch. Um, but in the on the opposite side, it also like online school really like wrecks the whole work-life balance thing. Because mm-hmm. when your work is at home, it's hard to like make that mental shift. Because yeah. I always treated university as like, a full-time job which is how they want you to treat yeah. it but i was like okay i'll get to the school by eight or nine and i'll go to classes and then if i have a break or maybe i only had classes in the morning then i'll work in the afternoon till four then i can take the evening off or take the evening easier yeah and that bus ride home or that walk home or that drive home is that like switch to not yeah. school time but when all you have to do is close your web browser and there's no or even like close those tabs yeah there's there's no mental switch yeah because you're still on the you're still probably at your desk web surfing so there's no like there wasn't enough of a shift for me so i always found myself like either doing half the amount of work and twice the amount of time or just like not putting as much effort in yeah um i remember like during the very first lockdown i didn't go into work um and i just worked from home and then like once it got into later, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go into work every day and sit in my classroom and do everything. Because, like, I realized how much satisfaction I get out of leaving. The, because I, in the UK, I never worked home. I just didn't have a space to do it. So, like, the satisfaction of being undone for the day was so good, so valuable. And then that, like, walk home or that drive home where you kind of just, like, let everything, like, melt out of your yeah. head from the day. And it's like, I no longer care um yes so i ended up just going in for like that aspect and even it's like you know i could work from home from this friday but it's like it's the most satisfying to walk out of work on a friday and i'm like i don't want to take that away from myself yeah no so i'm excited for to bring it back to the internship i'm excited for that aspect of internship even though i will have to do work at home in the evenings and probably on the weekend yeah but even just that like shift from like ah i can go home and like take a couple hours off and cook a meal or yeah. whatever um and you get to lose move, uh, leave your four walls you know a little bit yeah that was the best part of the third year teaching placements we had to do was um getting to like leave my house for a couple days yeah. a week yeah my like teachers at the school would be like uh so read like what's been your favorite part of this i was like just like soaking in the atmosphere of people <laughs> Yeah, just existing around other people because I like live alone and I love living alone. I wouldn't want roommates. I'm very jealous. Um, but like just getting to like be, like soak in the presence yeah. of people is like really nice, especially <laughs> when you're like quite starved of that. Yeah, um, 
because it's not the same just interacting with people on like snapchat or uh, like zoom yeah whatever it's not the same it is the same listening to my podcast though that uh, is true this is yeah. a uh, natural <laughs> conversation but uh yeah but no it's, it's not the same and then you're like in a classroom where like everyone's just kind of hustling and bustling mm-hmm. and then, like for sure yeah and, and i found like the kids are just so happy to like see their friends whenever they get back yeah and just like getting to talk to them and get to know them after like yeah. not talking to anyone from except for myself for days on end so i'm like ah this is how a real conversation goes instead of one i'm inventing in my head i, I feel like it would have been actually really valuable to like outfit your house with like cameras and do do like uh make a, a like short black and white film or may, maybe like a full-length film all shot in black and white of course just like the life of reed by himself oh my god it would, people would be the most depressing movie of the year it'd be like i imagine like the lighthouse or something yeah it's like um, did you like bo burnham right yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch his yeah, inside yeah where it'd be like that like <laughs> just one man watching him descend into madness yeah the descent into sanity or whatever i watched i read a youtube comment um on something related to inside that it, it was like I showed this to my mom, and she was like, why would I watch this? I feel like I'm watching a man who's minutes away from hanging himself. <laughs> I was like, well, you're not wrong. Yeah, that is how that special plays off. Oh, man. Uh, I'll, I'll, put, I'll link that in the, uh, if I remember, in the in the comments. Or it's very good. Yeah, highly recommend anything of the Bo Burnham stuff. Mm-hmm. His three specials on Netflix are all highly, highly worth written. a watch. Um, I don't think the first one's aged that well. No, there's, there's some like off-color some, jokes. Some jokes and... Yeah. But, it it feels very much like early 2010s humor, but, uh, but it's still pretty funny. I, and I guess if you watch it, you get to see his growth as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so uh, it's probably time to to land this plane. So, Reed, is there is there anything that uh, we we haven't gone across that you think is important during this podcast? Uh, no, I think we've had a great conversation. Just talking about everything. We've been talking for. A little behind the scenes for hours now. Yeah, yeah. This is just the formal part of it. Yeah, this is uh, this is a hey, you came and hung out with me, so I need something from you. <laughs> um, I've I've one last, I guess, important question. Um, is that is that Boba Fett and Jabba Hut on your socks? Um, it's Boba Fett and Han Solo frozen in the carbonite on the other one. Oh, sick! <laughs> they came as a pair, but they don't match at all. But <laughs> that gives them a a nice, certain... nice fashion fashion sense. Yeah. Um, actually, our friend Lucas got me these, so... Oh, sick. For a birthday one year, so I wear them. I have a pair, actually, here's a story. I have a pair, he got me a pair of Darth Vader socks, too. Yeah. That say, like, come to the dark side, and those were my, um, my own... I don't have a lot of, like, rituals for school, or, like, superstitions, but one of them is I would wear the same outfit for every final I wrote. Okay. And part of that outfit was the Darth Vader socks with the dark side. And I like to feel that they gave me some power. <laughs> you just like get enraged, like uh, by the test, you know, you funnel the dark side. Yeah. And now since I'm not writing as many finals, they're like my good luck, like power socks. <laughs> like if I have a date or yeah, a big yeah. night or something, I'm like bring, socks, bringing out the Vader you're, socks. You're going out. I, I feel like next time we, we go out clubbing together every night, like <laughs> the, check, ch- check your socks. Sock ch- Vader check. Actually, though, yeah. Vade check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Vade noosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've, uh, we've descended into degeneracy. So uh, yeah. uh, if you still listened, uh, thank you so much. Um, this has been, I think, episode 31. 
um, of the Earth Decoded podcast. So don't do anything I wouldn't do or haven't done. I want to see you all here next week. Bye.